Hello, it's me. How are you? Um, as you'll know, if you're a regular listener, I've been away from the Blarney Pilgrims podcast for the last eight weeks doing a bit of recuperative work on my brain and I'm delighted to say my little break has been a great success. So I have missed you though. So it's lovely to be back and it's now Darren's turn to take a couple of weeks off. So with him not being here before I forget, Patreon dot com forward slash Blarney Pilgrims is the place to go if you'd like to become a patron saint of this podcast. This whole project is only possible thanks to the support from yourselves who are listening, who help us cover the costs each week. So um, it's really more important than ever that we have your support. Patreon.com forward slash Blarney Pilgrims. And part of the reason for that support being important is because the music itself is important and um, the history that it represents is really, really uh, vital, as you'll hear from today's guest. So I've been thinking about how to start this week's episode um, featuring Jimmy Malarkey. He's a Sligo-born box player and he now lives near Sydney in Australia. But I met him at this small session in the town of Tangabalanga in northern Victoria. So I want to tell you about this just to set the scene. We're talking about... a like a little gathering of players, maybe about 15 in total over the weekend. Um, It goes from a Friday to Saturday and Sunday and there's tunes each night, tunes during the day, tunes immediately after breakfast. It's tunes, a lot of tunes. And when I arrived on on the Friday night, it was about 10 o'clock and things had been going already for like an hour and a half. This is happening in a, a big, it's kind of like a carport attached to a farmhouse, but that doesn't really do it justice because you could fit about 10 cars in it. I mean, it's this massive enclosed space um, and it's dimly lit, this pale yellow light. There's coolers of beer all over the place. The pool table's got a board laid across it and then it's got chips and snacks and bread rolls on it, piled up on it. And the music is just rolling. I mean, it's rolling. And one way or the other, it's a very transformative experience. Uh, I mean, I'm not overstating things here to say, like, I, I was actually quite changed by the experience of being at this in a good way. Like, I felt like I had, like, I understood the music in a way that I can't really put into words, but in a way that was different than I understood before I got there. Um, and I don't know if that will make any sense to anybody, but um, that's that's how I feel about it. Um, something happens when you're in the middle of that kind of experience. I was actually, on that first night, when it got to about four o'clock, when you're in that sort of uh, dreamy region where you know you should be asleep, but you're not sleeping, you're kind of drifting on some other energy. And I was really aware of being in one of those moments that are really quite rare in your life when you're seeing players and hearing players pull tunes out of deep, deep, deep down in their musical subconscious I mean way 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 down there's all these images came through my head you know of um I've been listening to uh Nick Jones singing a song called Farewell to the Gold where he talks about uh, nuggets under the ground golden nuggets under the ground that he's never found and I had this image of the players just in these sessions just um, digging up these nuggets from way 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 subterranean subterranean you know so before we get into the chat, um, to give you a bit more of an idea of the vibe of this uh, event where I met Jimmy, uh, we're going to 
hear a bit of rough sound that I recorded and I think I recorded this actually on the second night but it'll give you an idea of the vibe of the place just the feel of the playing and then we'll go into the chat with this week's guest on the Blarney Pilgrims podcast Jimmy Malarkey Welcome to the Blarney Pilgrims podcast. Thank you. So, wh- what were those tunes? The George Whites and the Galway Rambler. So, where do they come from? I'm not sure where they come from, but I picked them up from just listening to. Uh, really, I used to hear them around home when I was a kid, but when I was in London, the Raymond Rowland and Bobby Casey and all them fellas used to be playing, and I used to hear them playing them, and I, I just loved them, and mm-hmm. finally got to 
start playing them myself. So wh- where do you come from? I'm from uh, Sligo, a place called Tubbacurry. Mm-hmm. At the foot of the Ox Mountains, that's about all I can tell you about it. Mm-hmm. It's just a farming community, a quiet little country place. Was it, did you grow up on a farm? I did, yeah, yeah. until I was about 16 and I went to London then. I spent three years in London from 1971 to 74. I came to Sydney in 74 and I'm still here. <laughs> um, uh, why did you go to London? Oh, I think it was just a thing to do. Well, really why I went, I wanted to buy a car. And my father reckoned, he said, you don't need a car. And he wouldn't get one. All the young fellows around the place were buying cars, and I felt a bit left out. So I went to London to, to earn enough money to buy the car, and I never went back. Right. What What did you do in London? Oh, I just worked in the construction industry, pipe laying, digging trenches, whatever, tunnelling. Where Where were you living? I was living in Hollower, well, North London most of the time, around uh, Tufnell Park, Kendish Town, Hollower Road. Aye. Most of the time, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So, so when you think about uh, your childhood, uh, um, where does the music come from? Do you have a, like a first memory of hear, or hearing players? Or well, there was always music in our own house. But my father and mother both played the fiddle. They wouldn't be fantastic fiddle players, but they both played the fiddle. My uncle played the fiddle and. My grandmother played a bit on the accordion, so there was always music in the house. And back then, when I was a kid, they used to still have the country house dances, and I used to go along. My uncle and the gang of the local lads would be playing, and while they'd be having their cup of tea or their beer, I'd have a bit of a go. And I was only starting to learn that time, like so. I used to just love listening and trying to play a tune myself. Uh, were there instruments about the house? Would you just pick pick something up? And yeah, well, we didn't have a box in the house, but there was two fiddles and flute and tin whistle, and one of my brothers used to play the flute and the tin whistle. So the first thing I ever played was the fiddle. Like I played a few tunes on that, and uh, my mother and father kind of taught me that. Like and uh, but. I wasn't really making a great fist of it and my me, me sister brought a little accordion home from school one day, the teacher gave it to her to bring home for the weekend and uh, I started playing that and I kind of fell in love with it and then my brother brought me home an accordion from London oh, right. and that's how I started playing the accordion right. and I kind of stuck with the accordion then because I, I didn't re- really think I was going to do much good on the fiddle. I used to play a tune on the whistle as well but I wouldn't be great on any of them like you know. So how many of how many of you were there in the family? There was 12 of us. Uh-huh. And uh, there wasn't a lot to do. We didn't have electricity or anything when I was a kid. We had, uh, it was... Uh, that would be before bit. the rural electrification scheme, or is it that was, what it was yeah, called? It was, well, uh, w- they, did bring, they did bring the electricity around our place, but we were living up on the side of the mountain. It was going to cost too much to get it brought up there, so we never had it till we moved down in later years, down closer to the road and built a new house. Then we got the electricity on and all that, but, but in my early years, we didn't have any of that. Uh-huh. So, so can you describe your what... Uh, what it was like for you as a youngster with no electricity so like just how does your day it was it was great we 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 just worked on the farm like and you we, we had the the open fire and that was the heating system and uh, the gas cooker and that was it and we just 
we just loved it. I mean, we didn't have any of this fancy stuff to have nowadays. Like, and uh, we spent a lot more time together. And on a Friday night, my father get the fiddle out, and he'd get us all lined up, and he'd start teaching us a dance. It might be a half set or a lancers or whatever, and he'd be playing, and we'd have to do the dancing. And that was the way it was. And sometimes my uncle would call in, and maybe a few of the local musicians, and we all look forward to Friday night for the session of music. And that's where I kind of probably got it all from. Yeah. So where were your father and mother from? They were from the same place, yeah. Yeah, My mother was from, when my father was born in the home place in Clunacool is the name of the little village. And my mother was from uh, about four or five miles away, a little place called Loch Talt, which was a great place for the music as well. Everyone around there would play a tune on something pretty much. Who were the the players there? The, that you you know that your mum and dad would have learned from. Do you know? Because it's 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 always struck me that you know at a certain point there was a lot of players who just never got recorded, never they, right. they just played. And oh, that that's it. Well, that's right. And there was uh, there was a lot of old musicians around our place. Now I wouldn't remember half of their names, but there was there's some musicians that are still there today. They'd be probably in their eighties now. Like Harry McGowan was a great flute player and always willing to play anywhere and spread his music around. There was a bloke called Sonny Gildee, he was a fiddle player. Um, there was uh, uh, Peter Horn, Fred Finn, all them sort of blokes. There was heaps of them and there were a lot of blokes that you'd never have heard of, like that never, like you say, were never recorded or anything. They were just locals that would get together and play a few tunes. There was plenty of them around the place. I can't remember all the names now. Right. but. Aye. That's pretty much the way it was. Everyone nearly played a tune on something, anyhow. You know, aye, aye. that was it. So your brother went to London. Did, were there quite, how many of you before you left? Like how many of the family went away? Well, all my older brothers and sisters went to England. Like there was about five or six of them in England at once. They're all nearly back in Ireland now, except three brothers are still in London. But they nearly all went to England at some stage. Just. I think the idea that time was to get enough money to buy a house or build a house or something, and most of them did that, and uh, they, they all pretty much returned to Ireland again, except the like I say, I have three brothers still there, like. But uh, right. so that was, and I like I say, I just went because everyone else was going, and I wanted to get the few bob and be independent, so that's why I went. But did I was. You, did you feel any um, like? Um, like were you, were you nervous about going away from no. home or anything? No, no, I wasn't a bit nervous. I was delighted. It was just a big <laughs> challenge to get away and right. do something different and do your own thing. Like pretty much, uh-huh. not all is the best choices, but. <laughs> you know, but that's that's life, right? That's life. That's <laughs> life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm I'm just kind of curious because like, uh, um, so this would be would this be the 1950s or? It was 1971 when I left home. 71? Yeah. Right. I was born in 54, so right. I left home in 71. I was 16 that time, so... Right. Well, do you do you remember your first impressions of, of England and London? They weren't good, no, to be honest. I actually went to Leeds first because I had a brother living in Leeds and I was staying with him. And the, the thing that got me was I was never used to city life and... The lights, the street lights were shining in your window all night and there was cars speeding up and down and tires screeching and racket going on all the time. And that used to, I used to be thinking, of, I wish I was back home again. Like, Were you, were you homesick for a bit? Like, well, 
only that way, kind of like, you know, you'd miss the, the quietness and the, you know, you'd be, it was all new to me to being in the big city and all that. Like, it was a total new experience, which I, I wasn't keen on it at all, to be honest. I'd rather be back potting around on the farm, really, mm. but I, I wanted to get the few bob to, to do what I wanted to do. And then I got into the, the, the kind of run of things, and I went to London then, and uh, there was great music around London. Then I used to love going out on a Sunday morning to the pubs, listening to music, or Friday, Saturday night as well. And it kind of grew on me then, and I got used to it. And then I decided to come to Australia and have a look here for a couple of years and go back, but I never went back. So, so when, like, I mean, the reason I'm asking this. So my, I, I'm one of twelve as well, yeah. right? And my mum grew up on a farm, mm. and um, it was. Uh, she wouldn't have said it this way, but it was definitely hard going, right? Mm. Growing up, growing up in the farm, but it sounds like it sounds like you had a pretty, like when you look back on that part of your childhood mm. before you left. Yeah. How, how do you see it? Uh, th- it was hard going and hard work and all that, but it was I don't know. It was different. Everyone was equal. No one was any better off than the other one, and you, money didn't seem to bother you back then. Like you, the you know, you just enjoyed what you had and made the most of what you had and you made your own fun, like climbing trees, swinging out of ropes off trees and all that sort of stuff, you know, you you just you just made your own enjoyment, like and because there was a gang of us in it would always be kicking a football round or a hurling a, a ball and, you know, that, that was pretty were much you, Were you a hurler? I wasn't any good at any of that, but I used to be Giving it a go anyhow. Like some of my younger brothers weren't bad, and had an older brother wasn't a bad hurler, and they all played football. But I wasn't really much into sport, to be honest. Aye. But I, I just kicked the ball around with the rest of them, and that was it. And would you? Did you have a radio in the house, or? Not originally, yeah. But then we got one of these little transistor things, and till we moved house and got the electricity in and Aye. all that. Like we didn't have. We just had a little one of those little. Battery, uh, battery operated transistor radios. That was it. Aye. We used to even bother listening. I used to listen to Kaylee House on it. That was my main thing. Aye. Saturday night, that of Kaylee House, and there was a little. So for of, for folks who who aren't familiar, like quite a lot of listeners in the in the states. So what what was Kaylee House? It's a program that's still running. Today. I think it's the longest traditional Irish music program in Ireland. Or, uh, it's it was a half an hour on a Saturday night, and uh, they just go from town to town and uh, just uh, anyone that wanted them to come around they just let them know and they'd come around and they'd do you remember who presented that was it it was uh sean amoroku when i remember right. uh, but he'd done it for years and now it's kieran hanrahan is doing right. it now for the last 20 or 30 years i'd say i still listen to it every sunday morning here uh-huh. yeah, so does it does it um uh i was speaking to james Keane a while back and he, he said that when he plays tunes that he learned from folks who aren't around anymore he says that he feels like he's bringing them back for a visit does it does listening to that show still sort of take you back oh exactly and that's why I just love listening to it. I'd never miss it and uh, like even last weekend now they were doing a tribute to Joe Burke and another good friend of mine passed away there last year that I was hoping to catch up with at some stage but uh, Brendan Mulcair he was a music teacher from London clear man but he had moved back to Ireland and a lot of them people have passed away like Peter Peter Horn and my own uncle all them sort of people that I would have 
listened to growing up and idolised and learned tunes from them and all that. And it's sad, like to think that they're all gone. And you know, that's that's the way it's going. That's why you got to make the most of every day and do whatever you got to do and enjoy it. Right. That's it. Can we have a, a couple of tunes? Yeah, we'll try something. What do you, what do you fancy doing? I'll, I'll do a couple of jigs. Uh, the Haunted House set, I call them. They're tunes by... Oh, I can't even remember his name. And he's a Galway flute player. He wrote a lot of tunes. And I, I love these tunes. I've always liked them from the first time I heard them. So I'll just give them a go. Brilliant. The Haunted House. We're, we're sitting here and it's uh, um, 
I don't know what time is it. Eleven in the morning or something. Half eleven, half eleven, I think. Right, and we the the plane was going last night till four thirty. Quarter to five, I went to bed anyhow. Uh-huh. So um, I'll get to that in a minute because I want to ask you about that and uh, just like the the experience of playing like that because last night because you were just, I mean you were going like yourself and Joe Fitzgerald particularly, yeah. right? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joe is a good friend of mine. I've known him since I came to this country, and Paddy, his brother Johnny, God rest his soul, and Stevie, the whole family. They were a great family from County Clare. Great musicians, all of them. Great people to be around. They'd make you feel at home wherever you met them, whether you went to the house or you met them in the pub or whatever. They were just a lovely family. And I, I picked up a lot of my music from playing with Joe and listening to Joe and Paddy and all the boys playing too. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens, uh, I don't know if you can put this into words, but like, I, I, so I'm sitting last night, so there's about eight people playing. Mm-hmm. I guess, and hmm. uh, and I, I'm sitting on the outside, sort of. I know a couple of tunes, but I'm not, nothing like most of you here there. Um, when you're in the in the middle of it, um, where where's your head at? <laughs> you know what I mean. I do wonder that myself sometimes, but. <laughs> I I just it's the most relaxed I ever feel when I'm playing in a session. Like I'm not a big one for performing on stage or any of that sort of stuff because I wouldn't be great at any of. But the session I just love a session and that's what I really feel at home. Just sitting around playing with a few of the boys and uh, you know you meet different people from different parts of the country or different parts of the world for that matter and they all bring something new to the session. Like the someone might be tuned that you knew years ago and forgot about and someone will start playing then it'll bring up another couple of tunes that's in the back of your mind somewhere and it's it's just lovely it's just very relaxing and I love it myself and you know this when I'm most happiest is when I'm doing that yeah does it um does it remind you of I, I suppose they must remind you of people as well who you who you used to know like people who come into your life and go out again oh it does indeed and uh, particular tunes reminds you of particular people where you might have listened to a particular person playing a tune and you picked up that tune of them and you always you're always kind of thinking of all the different musicians that you've listened to and like I say different people played tunes different ways too and uh, I don't know it just uh, it just all kind of comes together when you're sitting there in a session and enjoying and having a few beers and telling a few lies to each other or whatever but it's all part of the crack like so, so w- w- when you arrived over in England and you, you went to Leeds first was there any music in Leeds at that time? there was but I didn't see much of it because like I said I was pretty young and I had no way of getting around much and I was a bit scared going out in the big city myself but we used to go to the Irish Centre in Leeds and there was a lot of music there there was a lot of l- local people that were of Irish descent and there were some brilliant musicians there I can't remember the names now because I wasn't there long enough but there was a lot of good music there yeah and I've actually heard Kieran Hanran doing a programme there only a few maybe a couple of years ago from Leeds and I heard some of the names that used to be around there that time they're still there playing right, right. Yeah, so that must have been that must have been amazing it was, it was indeed yeah and uh, the same in London he often does a session from London and I knew a lot of the musicians in London there's some of them are still there, some of them are passed away now, but um, like the likes of Raymond Rowland and Bobby Casey and people like that, they're dead now, but there's, there's a couple of 
well, there's a lot of good musicians in London, but a couple of blokes that I knew pretty well there, Shawnee McDonough, he's a Connemara box player, a lovely box player, and Brian Rooney, a fiddle player from Leithram. They're still there playing, and there's a whole lot of younger people now that I wouldn't know at all, but um, there's quite a few of the older crowds still there, and the music is as good as ever. I reckon there's good music in London as Ireland. So, so when when you would hear somebody like uh, that Connemara box player... Uh, um, would would he have a style that you would recognise as being Connemara? He would, yeah. He's a lovely box player, lovely sweet box player. I, ju- I think he's a, one of the nicest box players I've ever heard playing, to be honest, and mm. a really nice fella to go with it. Like he just, He's just so relaxed when he's playing and it just flows out of him. It's, it's lovely. And is it about the flow for that style or are there are there certain ways that you know you would both play a tune, the same tune, but differently because of where you come from? Kind of Probably, I liked it, like as Marcus Hernan, another great flute player from Connemara, said, like, a lot of the young crowd now, you wouldn't know where they come from by listening to them playing because they all play similar. Where in the old days, because people were kind of confined to their own area, you had, like, you'd, for example, you'd know maybe it's from West Clare musician or a Connemara musician or a South Sligo musician. They all had their own different type of a style and you would recognise pretty much where they were from. Mm-hmm. But nowadays it's very hard because every it nearly all sounds similar, I think, like Marcus said on one of his interviews there. When, when you got to London, uh, who were you staying with? I was staying with an aunt of mine, actually, mm-hmm. which wasn't the best idea in the world. Why not? <laughs> oh, she was kind of trying to be a mother to me as well and I didn't appreciate that that was part of the reason I loved, liked getting away from home so you could just do your own thing to a degree. What were you like as a you know when you look back at the at the sort of 17 year old version of yourself what were you like? Oh jeez I thought I was a great little fella but uh, I was I don't know what you mean really but I was you know just Well like if you if you like if you now met your 17 year old Self, how would you describe him to somebody else? Like, well, as, as he used to say in London back then, the bit of a lachico that was <laughs> a saying they had. No, I, I don't know. I, I really can't answer that one to be honest. Aye, aye. Well, so, so, um, what was it? What was it like working there? Like, wh- what were you working at? Who were you working with? Well, I was working with a a company called Paving and Pipelines and we're just doing road works and trench work and sewerage and laying sewer pipes, stormwater pipes, all that sort of road works in general. A bit of building work, building sites, all that sort of stuff. Uh And how long were you there? I was there for three years. Three years. And all that time with with your aunt? No, I was only with her for the first maybe year or something and then she went back to Ireland she sold the house and went back to Ireland and then I just got a flat you know whatever you could get a flat that was it Aye. were you on, living on your own or were you sharing a flat with I was blokes? usually there'd be two blocks that get a room or a flat together Aye, like, like yeah yeah Aye. keep the costs down a bit Aye. Who, who did you live with well I lived with um, there was a bloke from Steve McNamara he was a clear bloke I, I was actually working with him and we kind of decided we'd get a place together. So most of the time I would have been with him, yeah. So, and and when you're working, um, 
how do you fit the music in? Were you were you able to play much? Oh, well, back then I wasn't playing much anyway. I couldn't play very much, and I used to just love going listening to the people that were playing. I wouldn't even think of going playing with them fellas back then because I couldn't. Right. I, I was only learning myself, and um, but uh, I used to love going out, and there was always music, and the you'd always know where the traditional music would be. There'd be certain pubs, and what, what were the pubs? Well, there was. Uh, there was the Mulberry Tree in Hollower Road. There was the there was another one down in Kentish Town. There was the Irish Centre in Camden Town. There was the White Hart in Fulham. There was a heap of them. There were Aye. all different areas. Like Aye. you'd just get to know where the music would be, and you'd go to whichever one. Like we used to try and get round on the mall because there'd be different groups playing in the different pubs. Like so, we used to try and get round to the mall. And and so most of the time you wouldn't be playing in any of them. Oh, I wouldn't be playing at all back then. Was that just because you felt like you weren't? I wasn't. You weren't ready. I wasn't good enough. I wouldn't even think of going and playing. I was only starting, kind of learning, really, like you know. But uh, I mean, they were all they were very good. The the more musicians that they'd ask you to come up and play a tune and all that, they were very good at sharing their music and all that. But I just wasn't. I wasn't up to it, and that's it. I wouldn't feel comfortable going up there playing with them. Right. Right. So, um, what at what point do you think did you start to think, you know, uh, London's all right, but <laughs> I need something else. Well, I always wanted to. I had two places. I either wanted to go to Canada or come to Australia because I would, yeah, I used to read about them in books and all that, and I just thought it'd be nice to see a bit of the world because my full intention was to go to back and settle in Ireland, but. That never happened, obviously, but um, I I decided to come to Australia. I knew there was another lad work with me, a Tipperary man, and he um, he wanted to come as well. And the two of us got our heads together and we got all the paperwork and whatever had to be done, and we we took off. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much it. And um, was it was it an easy decision to make? Because that that's a, a a lot further than London <laughs> to get back to Ireland, you know. No, it was easy then. I was getting a bit cocky then. I didn't care where I went, so I, <laughs> I, uh, I always wanted to come here, and I said I'm going to do it now, or I'll never do it. So we just decided to do it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. Did you still have in your head I'll go back to Ireland? Sometime? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did. I only intended staying for a couple of years here, but with the weather and everything here, and the work was very plentiful, and I just fell in love with the place very easy really and that was it uh-huh. where did where did you move to first sydney uh-huh. i came to sydney in 74 and uh, i didn't know anybody i didn't know what to expect or anything but we just we started walking around the streets and having a look around and every building site or anywhere we seen a bit of work going on we just went in and asked for a start and within a week we were working and we never looked back since uh-huh. there was heaps of work back then like there was no problem getting work uh, all in the city or out and about? City or anywhere. There was heaps in the city. Most of my work back then was in the city because there was just plenty of it and there was no problem getting a job. And if you didn't like a job, you could leave it and you could be working again in another job the next morning. It was very simple getting work that time. Right, right. And and then was there any music for you in that, in that early period when you came? There was a bit. No, there wasn't much music. There was a few musicians around Sydney. There was a local flute player from Dublin called Michael Han and there was Tommy Joyce, a Galway bloke. He used to play the keyboard and there was uh, 
John Gilroy, a fiddle player, Martin Monroe, the box player from County Mayo. There was a bit of music around, but not many my age. They were all older, like, but there wasn't many my age playing. I met up with a bloke then called Jimmy Philbin, another Connemara man, and he was a box player as well. And he was kind of like myself that time. We were both only learning, so we got together and we used to... We were living in a boarding house in Summerhill and we used to have a few tunes at night time and at the weekends and that's where we started off. And then I bumped into a bloke called Jimmy McBride from County Antrim. He was a fiddle player, he used to play the banjo and the mandolin as well. And we kind of got a bit of a group going eventually, the three of us, and uh, we used to do a few, uh, few gigs in the Irish club and pubs and things like that, you know. So uh, at that stage, then, are you starting to feel more comfortable playing out? Yeah, getting getting a few more tunes and improving a little bit. I still wasn't good at it, but good enough to. to and uh, what, what like if you were, did you do a lot of practicing, or was it mainly just I'm out playing and and that's yeah. how you? That was it. I d- I never practiced. That was my biggest problem. I didn't like practicing. I never liked school. I never liked any of that sort of stuff. So I, I was just. When you go, like I mean, we'd have a few tunes in the house together, like before we went out or something like that. But there'd be no real practicing as such, you Aye. know. Aye. So you're learning on the <laughs> on the run, on the hoof. Learning on the run, yeah, that was Aye. it, and it's still the same today. <laughs> um, like, I guess the reason I'm asking is just I'm I'm curious about like how you start to develop a, a sort of style that that's your own that you feel, and also that you start to feel like. I know what I'm doing here. Oh, I don't know about the style. I don't know if I have any particular style. I just do my own thing. And like I I listen a lot to Joe Fitzgerald and I think I probably play a little bit like him. I don't know, like, but I've listened a lot to him and Paddy over the years and uh, plenty like uh, box players like PJ Hernan. I always like PJ Hernan's music and another lady back there called Deirdre Collis. She's from Sligo as well. She's a good box player. People like that, I just try and pick the bits that I I can from all of them and kind of do the best I can with it. That's it. I don't like I I can't read music or anything. I just do it by ear. So yeah. I listen to anybody. Like I like all the I like all different styles and I don't particularly try to imitate any style or anything. I just do it my own way, the best way I can, and that's it. Do you do you listen to much? Uh, and even then, did you listen to much stuff that wasn't Irish? Like what what else did you listen to? Well, I like country music and bluegrass, and I I, I still like country music and bluegrass. But I um, the uh, traditional music would be my favourite. Like you know, uh, the probably country would be my second favourite type of music. What what, what country kind of country stuff do you like? Oh, well, I like the American country, like and like the likes of Don Williams, Charlie Pride. I always liked Charlie Pride, and you I know, died recently, he yeah. died recently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love Don Williams, all them fellas. I like all that, and even the Irish stuff as well. Like the, I still like that too, but I'd prefer the probably the American country. Right. Uh, how long? I don't know if you know this, but like, how long were you in Sydney before you started to think? Uh, I think I'm gonna stick around. Oh, probably after the two years was up, I had kind of made up my mind. I I never kind of planned like I just I just was happy here and the way I looked at it. If if someday I don't feel like I want to be here anymore, I'd take off and go back. But there was one stage I did think of going back, way back in 
90, about 94 or something before my mum passed away I was thinking of going back and spending a bit of time back there but then she passed away suddenly and so I never ended up going back that was it Did, did you get back for her funeral? I did yeah I did for both my parents funerals and uh, I was back for both of them but uh, once the parents were gone then and I was happy here anyway my own kids are growing up here now like and I was quite happy here so I decided that's it this will do me mm-hmm. Uh, do you I mean I suppose <laughs> the reason I'm asking you about this is just because when I moved here I moved here from the States mm. where I was living for 10 years and that's where I met my wife yeah. and she's Australian so she mm. wanted to move back here when, yeah. when our kids were quite young yeah. and for some reason it seemed easier for me in the States I was I always just thought oh, it's only an eight-hour flight yeah, to go yeah. to go back to Ireland, yeah. but at that time my mum was still alive. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I I know what you mean about once your last parent dies that you. Well, it's not the same. It's not the same. I mean, your family are still there and they haven't changed or anything like that. But when the home place is gone, it's you just don't feel that pull to go back as much as you would when they were there. That's the way I see it anyway. Do you, do you still stay in touch with all your brothers and sisters? Because 12 is a lot. And like I, coming from 12, mm. there's a lot of different personalities in, in, in the one there, family. There is, yeah. Well, I lost a brother there about probably 20 years ago. He was in London as well. He was the third or fourth youngest Noel. He, he uh, got a brain tumour and passed away. So there's only 11 of us now. But I do, I keep in touch with them all, yeah. Uh, it's easy now with it, but the you can text them or I mean you don't have to be calling. Back back when I came to this country, it cost about eighty to hundred dollars to make a phone call to Ireland. If you could get a phone box that was working, that was, and it was just a nightmare trying to ring home. But nowadays, I mean, you can do it from your mobile, and it's so easy to keep in touch. Uh-huh. So uh, yeah, I talk to them pretty much every other week. Some of them anyhow. How often would you would you travel over? Well, when the kids were growing up, I didn't go very often, maybe once every seven, ten years or whatever. I think 11 years was the longest I was without going. But now that the kids are growing up and doing their own thing, I was planning on going every few years, like, you know, because I'd love to get more involved and listen to more of the music back there. But um, then this COVID thing happened. I was going to go last year and the COVID happened and then I never got to go so I don't know when I'll make the next trip but Aye. I'd I'd like to go every few years from now on if I could like Aye. you know yeah. that's that's kind of the planning Aye. could we have another tune or two <laughs> yeah I'll play a couple of there's a little tune called The Stone of Destiny and there's another one I play after it I don't know what it's called I I only ever heard one bloke playing and that was Brian Rooney a fiddle player in London and I I probably won't do it justice, but I'll give it a go anyhow. Thank <laughs> you. 
Much longer. Thank you for taking the time no, to sit no. with me. Um, how did you How did you meet your wife then? Well, um, I actually she came out for her sister's wedding, and I was playing at the sister's wedding, and that's how I met her. Mm-hmm. Her sister is back living in Ireland now, and she's here. Where is she Where is she from? Your she's wife? from uh, Kildare, right. a place called uh, Boulia. It's It's a little. A little village near uh, Atai. Mm-hmm. It's kind of between Atai and Kildare. And is she a musician too? Not really, no. She used to play a few tunes on the piano accordion and she played a few tunes on the tin whistle and she'd sing a song and all that, but she kind of never kept at it. She used to do a little bit when she was younger. Mm-hmm. But she loves she loves music and she loves all types of music, really. But um, yeah, she's. Um, that, that's pretty much it, yeah. But, um, and then, so you you met and got married, and how many youngsters do you have? I've got three, and two boys and a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And what did you work at then? So uh, you started out working around Sydney in different building work? Yeah, just labouring really back then. So whatever, whatever came the way, you just right. took what you got and that and, was it. And, uh, so what, what did you do over time work-wise? How did that change? Yeah, well, myself and a, a friend of mine, another Kildare man too, we, we started a company, we used to do a lot of tunnel work for about 10 years or so, and then he went back to Ireland and I just got back into the, I got into the excavation business in and I bought a machine and just started doing bits of contract work myself. And so that's what I've been at ever since. I just I just do higher work now, just got a little digger, digger and just do higher work that's it mm-hmm. and try and play a bit more music if I could <laughs> where where do you, whereabouts do you live now? 
I live in the central coast of New South Wales, right. a place called Holgate. It's near Gosford. Right. So what, what's that like? It's a kind of a semi-rural little area where we're living. It's a little valley. There's Matcham Holgate Valley, they call it. There's probably two to five acre blocks. Like you can't you can't subdivide any smaller, so it's not going to get built out anytime soon. Like so, it's a nice, quiet area, but yet it's near near the shopping centres, near the freeway, train station. It's near everything really. Right, so is, how, how far is that from Sydney then? It's about an hour and a half from Sydney. On the train. From well, either would drive or the trains are not much difference. Right. Yeah, about an hour and a half. Yeah. Maybe maybe a bit over an hour on the train, depending on... There's two different lines, depending on which line you get. You have a lot of stops in one, the other one you don't. So it just depends. Mm-hmm. An hour to an hour and a half, anyhow. Mm-hmm. So, so music-wise, what are you... Um, we were chatting there over a cup of tea before, and... You were talking about playing gigs here and there. How um, how did that start happening? Like when you started doing gigs? Well, uh, like I said, we used to have a bit of a band years ago called the Mountain Road Kelly Band, and we used to do play for dances and stuff like that. And then, kind of the well, Jimmy McBride now is an Antrim man. He went back to Ireland, and Jimmy Philbin went back to London. And poor Jimmy passed away there a few years ago too. But uh, yeah, so. Um, probably about 15 years ago there was a bloke out here he was a step dancer Butler was his name I can't remember his first name and they were looking for a bit of Irish music live Irish music for him to teach a bit of dancing and there was a a pub called the Harp Hotel down in Tempe it was owned by a couple of Irish blokes and uh, Trish McGrath she's a dancing teacher in Sydney she asked me would I be able to get a few people together to play a few tunes for the night and we did and she said, well, would you like to play for the Cayleys for us from now on? And we've been playing for them ever since, for Cayleys to do a few a year, like, you know. They used to have one every month back then, but now they only do a few a year, so. Is, is it, uh, how does a Cayley, playing for a Cayley differ from just playing in a session? Like, what are you thinking? Well, playing for dancers would be my next best. Uh, I love playing for dancers, especially when you get people that can actually dance. Like, and you know, you know I just, again, it relaxes me. I, I just feel comfortable playing, and I, I love playing and watching them dancing. And it, uh, it's, it's just a great buzz, the whole experience, really. Right. So, so um, when you're talking about playing with other folks, who, who else would you be playing with? Well... For for quite a few years, ten or twelve years there, myself and a bloke called Ivan Ivan Roberts. He's he's actually Australian, but a very good fiddle player. And his wife is uh, Elaine Jeffries, a flute player. So them two and myself. And then I've had different ones over the years, like Louise Phelan, who's a really good fiddle player. She's living in Sydney. She was supposed to be here this weekend, but couldn't make it. Uh, so sh- she was playing with me for a good while, and there was another girl from Limerick, Maeve, Maeve Moynihan, she played with us for a while. Different ones over the years. But I got a banjo player playing with me as well, uh, Cameron Maher. He's, he's Australian as well, young lad. He's very good banjo player, and... That's pretty much it. John Janunan plays the bow run with me. And we spoke to Cameron on this show, actually, yeah. a while back. Yeah, Cameron is a good lad. When I first started playing that time, over 15 years or whenever it was ago, Cameron used to be in there with his parents and he used to have this Irish tea, air com t-shirt on him. 
And he used to be always looking up at the stage and I was wondering, I thought it must be a couple that were out from Ireland. He was his parents, he was only 13 or something that time. So I went down to have a chat with the man and got talking to them and Cameron was just so keen and interested in the music. He said he'd love to play the banjo, so we organised to get him a banjo and he got a bloke to give him a few lessons and he took it from there and now he can play more than any of us. He can play pretty, he played the flute, the banjo, he didn't play a tune on the box, but he, he's very good, very good young lad, Cameron. So then w- would you be involved with the cultists in, in Sydney as well? Is there this is a cultist? There is a cultist branch. I wouldn't be involved, but if you know, if they ever want a bit of music, I'd play a bit of music, no problem at all. But I wouldn't be involved in it personally myself, yeah. I think they have something coming up. Someone told me in May they have a weekend happening down there, but I don't know any details about it. So whereabouts do you play mostly now? Well, there's a little pub in Roselle called the Ball Rock. It's an old heritage pub and he's a clear man that owns it. And I've been playing there for the last three or four years now. I just, we just do once a month, the first Sunday of every month, because they have different groups of different types of music to bring in there, and we do the traditional thing once a month, and then occasionally if they want an extra an extra bit of music on another day, or Patrick's Day, and stuff like that, we right. do we do that. So, And then I've been doing a few gigs in P.G. O'Brien's in the city with me, with me son as well for the last while. And so do all your kids play? No, the my oldest lad he plays the guitar and sings and he'd play a few tunes on the whistle and all that, but he'd be the most musical. The the, the others don't. They all like it, but none of them plays anything. Mm-hmm. Only him. And uh, you mentioned before we started recording that you'd done a you'd done a wee bit of recording. How did that come about? Oh, I'd just done a, a bit of a CD with a, a flute player from home, just for the family to have something like like we're saying about all the people that pass away and no recordings and my brother said well when I was at home there a few years ago he said why don't you put something on a CD and I didn't really have time and I didn't I wasn't that keen on doing it anyway but it was just for the family like so we uh, we uh, this Mick Loftus he's a flute player who I always have a tune with when I go home and we got together and my son was on as well he played the guitar with us and sung a couple of songs and uh, we just done it in the house on a laptop. There was no practice or anything. It was just done in a rush. So, it did, it, did it feel like a good, exp- like a positive experience? Because this, this is funny. We were we're just sitting here early in the morning, mm. well, sort of half eleven in the morning, and yeah. it's a different, it's a whole different feel than, you know, three o'clock in the morning when everybody's rolling. You know what I mean? No, oh, it is. It's harder to try and play a tune this time of the morning, especially after going to bed at five. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier when you get kind of warmed up and get going. But right. yeah, so uh, yeah, last night was very good. I really enjoyed it, and tonight will be even better, I think. Right. So, could we have an, another tune? Yeah, I'll try one more. Thank you. Hopefully, I'm getting hungry now. Thanks for the thanks for taking the time to do this. No, I really appreciate it. It's, not it's a problem. Brilliant. Thank you. I love to think now, what am I going to play? I'll do the Sally Gardens and the Sligo Maid, two of the old favourites that I learned when I was growing up. Thank <laughs> you. 
and then I'll let you get for your breakfast so mm. last night you played I don't know if you'll remember this last night you played a tune you played a jig into the, the real Christmas Eve and the beginning of the jig was very similar to the very beginning of Christmas Eve do you remember what that oh, was, that, was a, I, that was actually a hornpipe I think was it I think that's what we played it was a Gus Tehans I think is the hornpipe that's what I've heard it called anyhow mm. I heard Oliver Divney playing, and that's what he called it. It's a lovely little hornpipe, and I Good just, tunes, because right. the two of them are so similar, I just like to liven it up with a reel at the end, and that was... It's, that's it's funny, like, one thing that struck me last night, there were th- these long sets of, of jigs in particular mm. that uh, just really, uh, it just really got to me, like, what a beautiful form the jig is, right, as a oh, tune, yeah. you know? Oh, they are. The, the reels and jigs have been my two favourites. I mean, I like the hornpipes few polkas, slides, I like all of it but reels and jigs would be my two favourite types yeah. of tunes like you know, I could play reels all night if I knew enough of them <laughs> Well I'll let you get for your breakfast No worries, thanks, thanks. But anyway, thank you Jimmy Malarkey Thanks to Jimmy and to Jody Moran for inviting me up to Tangabalanga for that weekend um, You'll know yourself there's something really special about the day after a late night when you're waking up and there's sunshine it's it's like late summer morning you go up to the house and the tunes you can already hear them people are out on the shaded side of the house playing already and it's 10 in the morning and you think to yourself bacon sandwich and a can of beer might be a nice way to start the day that was just a really kind of profound experience for me Um, and hope you got something out of listening to Jimmy Malarkey there I'll be back next week the Blarney Pilgrims podcast patreon.com forward slash Blarney Pilgrims is where to go if you'd like to support us and I'll leave you with this there's a load of players that you're about to hear in this audio I, I know it's kind of soupy but it just gives you the feel for the weekend and it just seemed like a nice way to go out the players you can hear are Joe Fitzgerald Jimmy Malarkey, Adele McBride, Ian Stewart, Jody Moran, Jerry McKeague, Jamie Malloy, Declan Simpson, Kit Joyce, John Joe Noonan, Paul Gallagher, and a host of others. Um, I know I said at the beginning of this episode that it was about 15 players, but actually, as I think about the weekend, there were a lot more than that. Um, there were players from uh, quite a few different places who came and joined at various points so um, if I've missed anybody out uh, my apologies Um, special thanks again to Jody Moran for the invite to the weekend and to our hosts Peter and Jill who put us up and to Ian Stewart who kindly let us use his photo of Jimmy Malarkey for this week's episode so with that I'll leave you with the music and I'll see you next week all right The Blarney Pilgrims podcast is supported by the City of Greater Geelong 
through its COVID-19 Arts, Culture and Heritage Recovery Grants Programme. Please become a good subscriber to the podcast. Thank you.